0: first coming attractions before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the voice america empowerment channel we'll take you behind the scenes interview celebrities and review new movies tv shows and digital releases now here are your hosts from kids first coming attractions
1: Hey guys, this is Jerry Orr, supporting for Kids First. Right now we're with Glenn Ross, who's the Executive Vice President and General Manager of Universal 1440 Entertainment. How are you doing today? Great, thank you. Of course. So, first, to get started, could you just talk a little bit about what Universal 1440 Entertainment does and uh, what separates it from the other subsidiaries of Universal Studios? Sure. I mean, what we were designed to do was to build brands within the studio. So we
2: look at the studio's IP, intellectual property rights, for films that were released theatrically any in the last 50 years, really, and see if there's anything there that we think we could do a sequel to or a prequel to. Um, what we do is, I like to think of it as spaghetti and meatballs. When I was a kid, when my mother found out that I liked spaghetti and meatballs, every week, every Tuesday, she made me spaghetti and meatballs. And I started to look forward to it. So when you have fans of something, whether it's Curious George, or it's The Lamb Before Time, or it's Bring It On, or it's American Pie, those fans want more. Hopefully they leave the original movie wanting to see more of the story, find what happens to the characters, what's the next chapter in their lives, and that's what we do. We take that experience and we extend it to sequels and prequels.
1: You know, as someone who grew up with Curious George, I have to thank you very much for creating that and allowing another generation to enjoy that on television. And I'd also love to know, what's your day-to-day like in that business?
2: I have a really interesting day to day because when we shoot, we shoot 10 movies a year. We shoot very little in the United States, though we are shooting American Pie right now in Chatsworth. Um, But we shoot in Bulgaria, Romania, South Africa, Thailand, Canada, so we're shooting in several different time zones at any given time. So my day really has no definition. It's very amorphous. You know, I spend time in the office, you know, working with the different distribution units to make sure that our films get out worldwide on as many platforms as possible. You know, there's the mundane part of the business where we have to figure out how to green light a movie, uh, where we work with our development people when writing the script. But my day can happen at any time of day or night or on the weekends because we're shooting all over the world. And that's
1: kind of, my wife doesn't like it, but it's kind of what's
2: fun for me.
1: And, you know, I'm sure this was a very long trek to get here. Like you said, you're making 10 films a year. That's really impressive. And I'm sure it wasn't always that way. So could you talk a little bit about your path to get here from when you first started in the film industry all the way to today?
2: Well, quite frankly, I was not really thinking about entering the film business. I have an industrial design degree and um, I originally wanted to design prosthetic devices for the handicapped. Um, I came to California. I had no money. Um, I needed an additional degree to do that so I got a job driving a truck and I was driving the truck for a media agency. Eventually they took me and they taught me about media. Uh, One thing led to another and I ended up doing something that I really love because I was open to just whatever came my way.
1: I think that's really inspirational, and I'm sure you have a lot of other lessons you've learned over your career so far. What do you think you would tell yourself, if you could talk to your younger version, what do you think you would tell them as a lesson?
2: Well, when you're young, you can't make a mistake. Try everything. That's what I've told my, my younger self. Um, you can always go back and try something else. and I love this saying that if you're not failing, then you're not trying anything. So you have to be willing to let yourself fail along the way and not let that discourage you because that's a lesson. And if you look at it that way, that failure really becomes a positive in your life. And I think that's what I would tell my younger self.
1: I think that's really powerful and I like that applies everywhere. It doesn't just apply in the film business. And I'm sure a lot of the audience wants to know, especially those who are interested in getting to the film business, when you're looking to hire someone or you're reading uh, candidates, what do you look for? What traits do you look for in a candidate?
2: I think the most important thing for me when I look at somebody is if people are open to their own potential and if they don't get discouraged. Because getting a film made is really an uphill battle every step of the way you know if you look at the average set for one of our films we have 150 people not counting the cast so every day there's a problem that you have to address Um, so I look for people that really want to meet challenges that are open to new challenges that want to think out of the box that want to think creatively that problem solving is something that really excites them and I think that's what's most important to me
1: that's that's really special and I think you bring up a good point that film is a very large process to make like 150 people and films can get to the thousands and thousands on the crew so how do you balance that you know because it takes a lot of dedication to do this job how do you balance that with your own personal life and your own family
2: I have always put my family first and I've always put my personal life first Um, my wife was a costumer and when I met her she was working six days a week, 20 hours a day. And when our son came along, she made the decision that she really wanted, that it was more important, to give the time to him and to his development. So she left that job. Um, And she's very interesting. Later on, she became, when he got older, she became a uh, psychoanalyst. Um, Again, that's another example of just being open to possibilities in your life. But for me, it was always, at the end of the day, Jobs don't last forever. You have your family, you have your friends. That's what's lasting, that's what's important because that's what's gonna see you through not only your early years and your middle years, but it's gonna see you through the rest of your life. So to me that's always been a
1: priority. That's very powerful, very inspirational. Now my last question for you is looking towards the future in this business, in the home entertainment business and the film industry as a whole, what do you see happening in the future?
2: I think it's an incredibly exciting time right now for this business. When I first came into this business 14 years ago, well, here at Universal, I've been in the business longer, everything was about DVD. But now you have so many more ways that you can access entertainment. And just when we think we've seen it all, something new happens. And I think that's what's exciting, because when something new happens, you start to have the ability to reach more and more people, And that's what we're all about telling stories to the largest group of people that we possibly can. And, you know, it was first radio, then it was TV, then it was, you know, um, theater going, and then it was VHS tape, and then it was DVD, and now you have streaming and you can watch a movie on your computer, on your phone, you can watch it at home on your TV, you can go to the theater. You have so many more choices, but that gives us choices also because we can then look out and say, okay, we can go out on all these platforms and take our work, which we're very proud of, and just make it accessible to so many more people.
1: Well, I think you really spoke on what's beautiful about the film industry, and you also spoke a lot about the challenges. Thank you so much for talking to us all about your experience. Thank you. Of course. For our audience, be sure to check out all the work that Universal 1440 Entertainment does, as well as our future and other CEO C-suite interviews at Kids First. I'm your host, Jerry Orr, signing off. Bye. Bye.
3: Let's take a break. I'm Merjian from Brentwood, Tennessee, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Doozers. We dig spring.
4: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up.
3: Hey, welcome back. I'm Arjun from Brentwood, Tennessee. And yes, we are having our Kids First Coming Attractions show in spite of everything that's going on. But hey, we don't need to be in the same room to talk. And that's the best thing about cell phones nowadays, even though we should not stay addicted to cell phones. But uh, we have just been talking with Glenn Ross, and next we will be talking with Lindley about the new Disney movie, Star Stargirl. How are you doing, Lindley?
5: Um, I'm good. How are you?
3: Um, I'm doing pretty good as well. And, of course, I don't know much about this movie. I know that it is about a quirky student named Stargirl and how she spends time trying to uh, know a bit more about herself. Would you say it's a, it's a very, you know, standard, typical coming-of-age story?
5: Um, it's it's an amazing movie. It's um it's pretty emotional actually. Um uh, very inspiring. It has a great message to like not let anybody tell you like like choose who you wanna be and it's I feel like it could like inspire the world. So it's about a boy named Leo and he like sees this girl named Stargirl because she comes to school because she was homeschooled and she just wanted to make friends. She sings happy Birthday to him and he, like everybody like eventually like kind of like falls in love with her about her personality. and she becomes like the lucky charm of the school pretty much.
3: Wow, that's a that's a really nice story. And of course there's a lot of ca- you know cast attached to this movie. We got a uh, Grace Vanderbilt. I'm not sure if she's new to the scene. Is this like her introductory role of sorts, or she's she well, plays Stargirl, of course.
5: I think it's actually her first movie, um, because she's mostly just a singer, so yeah, it's pretty cool.
3: Yeah, I was also noticing we got uh, a Giancar- Giancarlo Giancarlo uh, Esposito, who's just one of the best actors out there. I mean, what do you say his he? What role he plays in the movie, and what character he plays?
5: Oh, um, he he's super funny. He's kind of like. Leo, he lost his dad at a young age, and I feel like he kind of takes the role of his dad during this movie.
3: Wow, that's sweet. I really like that. So, um, of course, this is I think this is releasing on Disney Plus, right? So it's, you know, with the whole corona situation going on, Disney plus is probably getting a lot of attention right now., uh, but this does not release in theaters, right?
5: Yeah, well, it came out on Friday, so, um, it is such a good movie, and it's streaming now on Disney Plus.
3: Did you ever feel that made it look a little more soap opera in a way, or does it look much in line of the quality of the movies that Disney is releasing on the big screen? It's
5: it's pretty much just like a Disney movie.
3: That's good. So yeah, of course, you know we can we can be we can enjoy watching a lot of Disney, you know, at our home's comfort during yeah the times that are going on right now and star sounds like an amazing movie you'd say that it has really good messages right what are some of the messages you can take from this
5: um well to be true to yourself and not let anybody tell you who you want to be and like just be who you are pretty much um and don't let anybody stop you from doing what you want to do those are
3: some good messages You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we are talking about several movies, including Stargirl, I Still Believe, Bloodshot. And we'll be continuing our discussion with Linda Lee about Stargirl. So, you went to the um, red carpet for this, right?
5: Uh, yeah, it was so much fun. There was, like, I think we interviewed almost the whole cast uh, that was in the movie that were, like, you know, the main characters, pretty much, um... It was actually one of the last red carpets in Hollywood that was, like, done before, like, before uh, we get back to normal because of all the coronavirus stuff. And, yeah, it was really crazy because there was, like, so many people there.
3: That's cool. So who all did you get to meet?
5: I interviewed Grace Vanderbilt, Graham Verchery, um, and I think I've just interviewed everybody from the movie. It was awesome.
3: Did you get to interview uh, Giancarlo Esposito? That is just, that just sounds like, you know, that, you know, out of body experience in life. You know, meeting, did you get to meet him at all?
5: Uh, no, I don't think so.
3: Oh, that's unfortunate. But, you know, he's been doing a lot with the Disney Plus lately. I mean, he's one of the main bad guys on The Mandalorian and, you know, Lots other and he's in this Disney movie now, which is cool. But uh, what would you say uh, meeting Grace Vanderbilt and Graham Brasher was like?
5: Um, it was so amazing. Like, um, I complimented her makeup and she was like, "Oh my gosh, your makeup is so pretty too," and it's really funny. And the last time I met her was like a year ago at a premiere for Wonder Park. Um, and I interviewed her there and then. At the Star Girl premiere, she's like, "Oh, it's so nice to meet you!" And then I was like, "So last time we met, and she felt so bad, and it was really funny."
3: Well, look at you already making friends with celebrities. I mean, I think that's <laughs> one of the cool things about kids. First, you know, we can sometimes, you know, have that big moment that an actor remembers. I mean, I mean, not that anyone can't do it in life, but I mean, you know, we're we're up close and personal, and you know, it's it's a nice experience. I mean, you know, meeting some myself. You, did you get to inter? Did you get to interview any of the directing, directors or uh, the production crew involved?
5: Um, yeah, I interviewed Julia Hart, and she was so nice and really funny. She was the uh, director and screenwriter, which is really awesome.
3: That's cool, yeah. Did you get to meet any of, like, are there other writers for the movie?
5: Yeah, there are, but I don't think I met any of the other ones, though.
3: You, did you get to see it in a theater, or did you have to watch it online? Did you get an online screener for uh, this movie?
5: Well, so the premiere took place at the El Capitan Theater so far. Like, that's where the, like, Timmy Failure and uh, Stargirl both, I think those are, like, some of the first Disney Plus movies that have been on Disney Plus. Um, and they uh, have been at the El Capitan Theater. Timmy Failure was outside, but since it was raining that day, they had Stargirl, the Stargirl premiere inside. And after the premiere, we all went down and watched the movie. And there was, like, a bunch of, like, nachos and, like, fries and hot dogs there. And they, like, make your own sundae. It was really cool.
3: Sounds amazing. So what would you say the um, star rating and the age rating is for this movie?
5: Oh, um, definitely five out of five stars. <laughs> and I think I recommend it for about, like, ages, like, 10 to 18. And, of course, adults will love it, too.
3: That's cool. Why would you say ten to eighteen? You know, it sounds more like you know seven and up. You know, you know, like your typical Disney movies. I I I would like to think of them as family films.
5: Well, I would too. But like, it's like I feel like younger kids wouldn't really understand the storyline, but like as much. If you're like around like ten years old, like you'd probably understand it more. You know.
3: All right. That sounds amazing. Well, thanks a lot for talking about Stargirl, Girl, Linda Lee. This has been an amazing segment. Thank you. Let's take a break. I'm Mergine from Brentwood, Tennessee, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Doozers We Dig Spring.
4: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash voiceamerica.
0: To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back.
6: I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We have been interviewing Glenn Ross and talking about Stargirl, and next we will be talking with Arjun about I Still Believe. Welcome to the show, Arjun.
3: Happy to be here.
6: So, uh, can you explain the plot of I Still Believe?
3: Well, it is the um, true story of a Christian music singer, Jeremy Camp, and it's more about, like, his journey through loss and love and how he tries to find a faith, you know, a faith in God and religion and find hope, like, through everything that happens it's it's more more or less about that journey that it is about like his career and the and the songs he wrote and made
6: i see so since this is a movie about religion i do want to ask like how exactly is that sort of like how is that angle utilized in this film because i understand that some people who aren't christian might have a hard time watching christian films due to feeling kind of like exclusionary So how do you feel about that portion of this film?
3: Um, Yeah, I agree. You know, with the majority of movies like this out there, they tend to be too preachy and very artificial. But I think that this Mm -hmm. movie tries to be a story first, then, you know, preachy or anything of that sort. I think that the messages are very subtle and they aren't forced in your face. Even though at a, f- at a few points, there there's some stuff that they say that's obviously like a little, you know, eh, I don't know about that. But uh, I, I think it's very subtle, and I, and I like the movie for that. And I was a little surprised, honestly.
6: Well, that's good, because, you know, I understand that is a huge turnoff for a lot of people just based on the fact that, oh, this film tackles Christianity. So that might, like, throw some people off. And I understand that there are a lot of movies that definitely you know, are like that. So it's good to, like, have a movie that focuses more on the actual plot instead of having religion be the plot, you know?
3: And no, I agree. Absolutely. And I like that there's a true story here and the devotion he shows towards his wife. It's, it, you know, it's it's a very beautiful story they're trying to tell. And I like that the messages aren't forced at all.
6: Mm-hmm. And it's nice that you bring up the fact that this is based on a true story, so, how does this film work as a biopic?
3: So, I would say the second half of the movie is is where it truly becomes a um, film of its own, and it felt like more like a film, but the first half, uh, it, it felt like your standard CW teen drama stuff, and that's obviously, you know, they got the guy playing Archie from Riverdale on here, so, you know, they got to right. cater to that demographic, and it's, oh it's very cheesy, there's a love triangle and, and all sorts of stuff that didn't um. need to be. And it sort of loses, like, you know, purpose and, and direction and what it's trying to be. But I think that uh, there's a scene later on that involves a jar of pickles. And from that um, scene onwards, I thought that the movie was more clear and cohesive. And it was uh, less of that fake drama stuff we see and more like a genuine, heartfelt movie.
6: Uh, I know what you're talking about because it's like that that definitely I feel like if I saw this movie that definitely would have put me off because even in like products that I like that ends up slipping in so that yeah just this is a message to all people writing romance just please stop doing that <laughs> so no uh I agree. since since the person that this film is about uh was a musician how is the music in this film
3: Ah, uh, the music is really good. It is uh, based on his uh, real life uh, LPs and albums that uh, he wrote, and I think that uh, the the main uh, song, which is uh, I still believe, you know how that came to be, and it doesn't. It's not like you know a Bohemian Rhapsody or a uh, Rocket Man sort of thing where they go through the uh, the discography in order and how they came to be. It's more or less just like how his belief in God came to be. And uh, more or less his story than, like, a story of his music.
6: I see. So, uh, for the final question, what would you give this film in terms of star rating and age rating?
3: I would say a 3.5 out of five stars, and an age range of maybe eight to 18. There's there's some strong thematic material here. There's like nothing like which is actually inappropriate, but it's you know his his wife is you know has uh, stage four cancer, and you know it's a very sad okay. topic, and it's it's oh. a very emotional. Movie. You'll want to bring your. Uh, I I don't think I even mentioned that. That's uh that's kind of what goes on here, but uh <laughs> yeah, you um, didn't mention that. Did I? Okay. Oh, uh, well that's good. But I do have to give this a 3.5 out of 5 stars. I do feel like the first half it just felt very artificial. Not even in the you know, the Christian messages it was trying to give. It was just like it felt like a CW drama, and I was not buying that. But from that scene with the jar of pickles onwards, it, it becomes a it becomes a proper movie.
6: That's a very interesting sentence out of context.
3: Yeah, it is.
6: You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we are talking about Stargirl, I Still Believe, and right now I'm talking to Arjun about Onward. Alright, so I actually have seen Onward, so uh, I want to know, what did you think about this film?
3: Okay, I do remember interviewing about this film at one point, uh, but uh, I do think... I didn't think it was as good as it could have been. I mean, it was a good movie, and I liked the characters, but I feel like it's on the lower end of Pixar movies, even though that's just a very high, you know, um, mm-hmm. bar of quality to compare to.
6: That's true. I would say even, like, the lower Pixar movies are, like, not not even I would consider bad. Yeah.
3: I, well, I mean, it's no Cars 2. I mean, I can't even remember <laughs> what happened in Cars 2.
6: Yeah. This, this film isn't, uh... I wouldn't say it's it's my favorite Pixar film, but I would say it's up there. So um, to start off, can you describe the plot of the film for us?
3: Well, it's sort of like a fantasy world, but it's like suburban and technology has taken, you know, advantage of it like it has in our world. And it's, you know, sort of a commentary on that. But, you know, there are a lot of mythical creatures and that, that sort of stuff. But uh, the two main characters who are played by uh, Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, and they look awfully a lot like them in their character <laughs> designs um you know their their father passed away when uh he was when they were younger and uh, they have a chance to uh, meet him for a day at, you know if they do like a spell and go on a big quest and it's 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 mainly about that brotherhood and family and it's got a nice <laughs> fantasy story all
6: right so Since the whole film kind of revolves around the brotherly relationship, um, I would say how are the two main characters, but this film also does have a lot of interesting other characters. So just like, what did you think of the cast as a whole?
3: Well, I thought the cast was pretty cool. I mean, I did feel like Chris Pratt was trying a little bit too much of a Jack Black impression, even though <laughs> there was some some parts of his character I really did like. I mean, mo- for the most part, I mean, I'd say he was the better of the two brothers. I didn't really feel, I don't, it's not like, you know, to tank like Tom Holland's abilities or anything like that. It just felt like he was playing Spider-Man again, kind of, mm-hmm. as this character. And I, you know, I was excited to see new dynamic but i mean i didn't think it was like you know absolutely um game breaking for the movie but you know we got Joya lewis Dreyfus as as her mom and she was pretty good and i uh, well, can't forget about octavia spencer she plays the Manicore, mm-hmm. and i think the manicor was easily my favorite character in the movie
6: oh that's that's the same thing for me um i am i will always every single time there's a movie with octavia spencer i'm always just like yes i'm sold i love octavia spencer and speaking of Octavia Spencer and the other actors, how is the acting in this film?
3: It's pretty good. I mean, I really like all of the uh, performances, and I think that they really make the movie for what it is. And, you know, all of the talents, they sound so different. You know, they got their own characteristics. That's the beautiful thing about anim- animation. It really um, transcends other experiences of, of movie, like the way it's filmed and, you know, the way they can just capture lifelike qualities and make it into something more fantastical or needy of special effects. And I just think that we live in a, in a better time for it.
6: Oh, definitely. Um, it's funny. Like, I would say one of the most interesting things about this film, aside from the two main characters is the fantasy world. I'm going to come out and say it. I love fantasy and I wish there was more like animated. There was more like general, like animated fantasy that has to actually do with like, with, like, magic and fantastical creatures and stuff like that. So how did you feel about, like, the world building and the whole, like, fantasy world that this movie presents?
3: Well, I mean, I'm not a huge nerd when it comes to fantasy. I mean, I I did, like, stuff like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, but I wasn't, like, fanatical about it. But I can imagine for people who are into, you know, board games and just the overall genre, I mean, this is a love letter for them. And I, I enjoyed the you know, the various references and all sorts of stuff going on, and I'm not even, like, well-versed in any of this, so, you know, I can't imagine uh, someone who is well-versed in all the, you know, fantastical mythology of it all, I mean, what they would think of the movie, and I think it would be even more impressive for them.
6: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, to be honest, I might be a little bit biased, because I've always loved the idea of, like, a suburban fantasy, not necessarily something like Harry Potter, where it's like, ooh, a secret magical world, but, like, everyone knows about it it's just like the world is fantasy but it's like in modern times I've always loved that idea so as soon as I learned about Onward I was immediately sold um and of course I feel like this is kind of a required question for Pixar movies uh did this film make you cry or at least feel incredibly emotional
3: yeah it it, it made me feel incredibly emotional I mean it takes it it takes a lot to make me cry in in this in the movie theaters I mean like you know something like you know Interstellar. <laughs> mm.
6: Yeah, I, I will admit that I I did cry. Um, honestly,
3: no, I, I don't. Just, I don't blame you. It's it's very. Mo- I mean, both of the movies I'm talking about right now were very sad. It was it was, it was a nice back to back experience. I mean, but you know, I think that Onward is a very nice blend of you know comedy and, and sadness as all Pixar movies do it you'll you'll feel sad while you're watching it but you'll come out really happy and even the other movie I was talking about I mean I'm not saying they're depressing or anything
6: Wow you're on a streak predicting my questions cuz like I was about to say how was the comedy in this film Yeah Um well like actually like how do you feel about it cuz like
3: I personally Oh about the comedy movie. I mean I, yeah, I I don't know I, if I talked but uh yeah I did feel that the comedy was very good it was um I don't know. I did feel like there were a few moments, you know, in, in our growing age of Pixar and Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, we have to insert these clips and they have to be funny. I mean, like, I really liked Far From Home, but there, but I thought there were too many jokes. And I thought at, at times, you know, Onward, it, it said some stuff and it wasn't really funny. But, like, there were some genuinely funny moments, you know. You know, the scene where their dad is dancing and, and, and other stuff. There, there's a lot of, you know, funny moments that really land their weight. But I did feel like there's a lot of just you know, dilly-dallying around to get to there.
6: Yeah, I see what you mean. And so finally, what would you say in terms of this film's star rating and age rating?
3: I would say it's a 3.5 out of 5 stars just because, I mean, I feel like for people who are more into the universe than I am, it could be even higher, but I think it's still a decent movie with decent characters. And I'd say the age range would be from a 7 to 18.
6: All right. So, thank you so much for talking to me about Onward. No problem. And let's take a break. I'm Calista Bass from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Doozers We Dig Spring.
0: Tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up.
3: Hey, welcome back. I'm Arjun from Brentwood, Tennessee, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We were just talking about Onward. We, I still believe, and other movies. And now we'll be continuing our discussion and finalizing it with Ethan about Bloodshot. How are you doing, Ethan?
7: I'm good, how are you?
3: I'm pretty good as well, I mean, you know, despite what the times are looking like right now, but, you know, we can always have a good movie or two to lighten that up, and uh, Vin Diesel's new flick looks exactly like that. It's a superhero movie, right?
7: Yeah, uh, I mean, kind of, yeah.
3: I mean, it says in the plots, and I've seen the trailers, like, you know, where he, like, regenerates his, like, bone and tissue oh, yeah, and other stuff. He's basically like... He's basically, like, indestructible in this movie. He's like Superman. And, I mean, I I like the idea of, of the, you know, I like the concept of the movie, you know, where, like, it's he's sort of living through a time loop. But I did think that it was very showy with the CGI, and it over relied on it. Did you feel that way about the movie, or did you feel like it was more natural when you were watching the movie?
7: Um, it was just a little bit over, but not really.
3: Was there, like, a lot of action scenes in the movie? Like, would you say that, you know, what you got from the trailer is what you kind of get? Because sometimes, you know, you watch a movie like this and there's no action.
7: I mean, uh, it was a lot of action. Like, in the trailer, you see him, you think that he's basically just the Terminator, and he kind of was. He was just impossible to kill.
3: All right, so that's good to hear. So it seems like they knew what they were going for and they were doing this movie. Because, I mean, you know, sometimes they do, they show a lot of story in the trailer, and then that's all, that's all the movie is. But, uh, how would you say the performances are? I mean, you know, we got Vin Diesel, who is, I would, see, you know, at this point, I would say he's kind of getting typecasted and stuff. But, I mean, you know, I respect the guy. And, uh, we got Elsa Gonzalez, of course, who has been in several movies. And Toby Kebble, that is a very familiar name. So, how would you say the, uh, performances are
7: i mean i think vin diesel like perfectly played ray like he was a perfect fit because you needed someone who looked like he was actually like bulk and strong and that's what vin diesel looked like he looked like the perfect fit for that character
3: no i agree as well were there any scenes like where he had to get a little emotional or would you say that it was it was very mostly stoic
7: um some scenes were a little emotional but I think most of it was like really cool action, and it was really cool. And I think there were some funny parts, but I think mostly the movie was just action, and it was really cool.
3: So Guy Pearce plays uh, Doctor Harding, which I mean, I you know I saw in the trailer. I assume you know he's like the main you know scientist, mad yeah. scientist guy. And how, how would you say how is he in the movie?
7: Um, he, I think he was really uh like cool the way he acted because he's supposed to be like a doctor and he he was kind of like one of those like smart geniuses who who like you think like when you think of them like you're like oh god they've been sitting there for a year just studying this like he looks like a full-on doctor
3: no i agree i got that impression from the trailer and i mean i feel like guy pierce is a very versatile actor actor i mean he's been like the villain in an iron man movie and you know, he's in Memento from from a long time back. He looks different to every movie he's in, which I think is is to his you know the guy's credit. I mean, he's he's really good at getting into roles. But uh, how would you say are the special effects?
7: Um, they were really cool. It was uh, I like how when I think his name was I think it was Jimmy or something. It was uh one of the guys who were who were there. He uh, lost his legs. He had, like, robotic legs, and when they were doing a fight scene, when he was, like, sliding down the elevator shaft, kind of, when he was holding onto the rails, you can actually see that, like, they spark. Like, usually you would think, like, he's just going down, but they actually put, like, the sparking and, like, the robotic arms to make it look like it's real, and I think that really brought the movie live.
3: I agree I think I saw that part in the trailer so you know it seemed like the big you know maybe final fight scene or you know in the middle of the movie yeah. which is very climactic and you know something they'd show off in the trailers but uh how would you um would you say that the screenplay for the movie is good because it seemed pretty weak when I was watching the trailers
7: um it was pretty good I was in um I think I think it was an IMAX but it was really good uh it was like I don't know, I think it was just good. I mean the trailer the trailer looked nice, but when you're like actually walking watching it, it's really good.
3: Alright, I I agree. It seems like something you need to, you know, watch and figure out for yourself. You listen to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we have been talking about I Still Believe and Onward and all the other latest releases that are out right now. And right now I am continuing my discussion with Ethan about Bloodshot. How would you say this compares to the Fast and Furious movies? Because, I mean, that's obviously Vin Diesel's, you know, big, you know, milestone franchise. Do you feel like he could branch off and do more Bloodshot movies?
7: I don't know, honestly. But if there was ever to be a sequel, I think that he would be, like, the perfect fit for it. Like, he would really do good in it.
3: So this is, of course, based off the uh, Blood um Bloodshot comic books, which are, you know. Yeah. And... Would you say that you need to read those books to understand what's going on in the movie, or do you think the movie does a good job of filling in uh, new readers and people just going for the movie?
7: It's uh, it explains everything. Um, some people like might watch the beginning and not understand because it slowly explains on what happens. So it's like like you you uh, as you watch the movie like things progress like you learn things because like they just give it to you and then you're like, wait, what? And then it keeps you confused, and as you watch, it slowly uncovers.
3: That's cool. So it's sort of like a, you know, a very Sherlock Holmes-like mystery. They show <laughs> yeah. a lot. Of yeah. And you slowly piece it together. So, Ethan, we've been talking about a lot, of, a lot about the script and the marketability of this movie, but we haven't really talked about what it's about. What would you say is a good summary of the movie's plot?
7: It's about, like, a soldier named Ray Garrison who gets killed and, like, kind of, like, duty, kind of, and he he's brought back to life by the scientist that we already talked about, Dr. Emil Harding, I think that's how you say it. Yeah. And he, like, it's he tricky. kind of fixes, yeah, he, he fixes wounded soldiers by, like, augmenting what they lost, like, uh, for example, Jimmy, he lost his legs, so he has, like, robotic legs, and there's, I think his name is Tibbs, he has a robotic eye because he lost that, and There's, when he died, he was brought back to life, and inside his blood are these little things called nanites, it's like these, uh, little, like, it's like, it looks like little microscopic flies that, like, walk on you, and when he gets, like, cut, it, like, heals him, so he's kind of like Deadpool, he's just, like, invincible.
3: Yeah, I very much got a Deadpool vibe from watching the trailers. But do you feel like the trailers spoiled the whole movie? Because, like, I felt like it was one of those trailers where they showed too much, and it would have been better if they just cut back at at one point.
7: I think just a tiny bit, but there's, like, so much more to the movie that it didn't show. So I think just, like, a little bit. It kind of, like, spoiled a little bit.
3: All right, well, that's good. I mean, at least... At least they don't spoil too much, but I mean, you know, they got to show some of the action scenes to get the crowd going, and I, I think they they did what they wanted to do here. But uh, what would you say is the star rating and the age rating?
7: I'd give it a uh, like five out of five stars and recommend it ages thirteen to eighteen plus adults, because there is some, because uh, there's some like uh, blood scenes, and there's like a part where a lady is naked, but you don't really see. It. You just see, like, her backside. I think that was... Yeah, that was all the scenes. It's just blood and that, because there was some, like, shooting scenes where people would, like, die and then there was blood everywhere. So I think that's why I put it... That's why I put it for 13 to 18.
3: You know, standard PG-13 stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot for talking about Bloodshot, Ethan. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First film critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. The show is produced by the Co- Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Doozers. We dig spring. I'm Margie from Brentwood, Tennessee. Thanks for listening.